Hello and welcome to YHTV's Magical Medical Tour. This is episode 40. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Christina Suzuma, and with me is our wonderful medical guide, Dr. Glenn Woolman. Good day to you, Dr. Woolman. And a happy day to you, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> and greetings and welcome to all of our viewers and listeners now and in the future. Uh, this is Magical Medical Tour. I'm Dr. Glenn Wallman. I will be your medical guide along with Christina as we travel each week through the healthcare galaxy, searching for ways towards optimal health. <laughs> we're almost is... there. I know we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. Uh, but although this is the flu season and uh, there are many challenges that we're going to speak about today. But before we do that, how are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. I love this weather. It's cool. It's it's really Pacific Northwest weather. It's that little drizzle. And I don't know what it is, if it's like that up in Santa Barbara, but here the clouds are really low and you've got the moments of drizzle where it's washing stuff away. My My plants are happy, although I must say, and I always say, I... I love heat. And uh, as part of today's discussion, I, I think I finally understand one of the reasons why I love heat. And I'm going to convince everyone that they should love heat. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not everyone, because I love the fact that there are people that choose to live in places that get really cold with wind chill factors down to minus 30 and 45 Uh Otherwise, they would all live here. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so or I some place like here, like you no. know, there's well, Florida gets pretty cold too. But you know what's really interesting, Glenn? I mean, even right now, the desert areas are getting really cold as well. They, in Arizona, they their daytime weather is almost the same temperatures as ours, which is really unusual. Usually, they stay in the eighties. Well, for me, I, I love the deserts, and I. Uh, I've always felt that deserts, no matter what they are, they're always the extreme of whatever it is. Mm. So if it's hot, it's really hot. If it's cold, it's bitter cold. Mm. And when they have an, a rain, they don't have a drizzle. Mm. They have these big rainstorms. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just—I just find it really odd because usually this time of the year, it's—it is about twenty degrees warmer out there than it is here. In, mm -hmm. on the coast and mm -hmm. i've been tracking their weather because i have relatives that live out there and it's like they're in their low 60s which is almost the same as we are here well somebody's playing with our weather you know that right mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> a, we, we should have a, a uh, show on conspiracy theories conspiracy theory. <laughs> and, and conspiracy theorists uh, bring those people on so it's the holiday season, and uh, I thought it might be an interesting topic to talk about uh, holiday hazards. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have to understand that the reason, of course, is not to stress the hazards, but hopefully to give people some insights to avoid the hazards. Right. Right. That's what we would like to do. That's wonderful. It's perfect because it's back to back with our less stress recipe for tomorrow's show. <laughs> on, on Trinity of Life? That's it. 
less stressed recipe. Add this, add this, a tincture of that, and a sprinkle of this. That's it. Go sit in a hot jacuzzi. We're done. <laughs> and, it, and it's all to taste. Uh, before we actually get into the show, and maybe it's part of it, somewhere along the way, it's part of it. Uh, I wanted to just send out energy from all of us at Magical Medical and Yoga Hub and Trinity and Flow uh, to uh, the people in Connecticut, mm. the families in Connecticut. It was a very difficult time, especially at this time of the year, not that at any time something like that is appropriate or good, but uh, especially at this time of the year when people are getting very excited about kids and joy and peace and happiness and gift giving. It's a, it's a very challenging time, uh, especially when the natural order of things goes wacky. Uh, yes, yes. And, and, and so, I, was, I was even explaining to my son the other day, now every Christmas, which is supposed to be such a joyful time for everyone, and for these parents or these families, you know, it's, it's going to take a little while for them to overcome what's happened in their lives. Yes, it is. And fortunately now, I think that our society, at least on the back end uh, of when something like this does happen, they're much more aware. They're getting kids into counseling almost instantly. Mm -hmm. There's lots of spiritual uh, people that come into the process here, and everybody seems to be working towards uh, healing. Mm -hmm. uh, and and now that there's internet and faxes and uh, clouds and websites and everything, there everybody knows about this. Yes. You know, uh, and, and that's actually one of the interesting things about this country. I was with some Chinese friends of mine last night. We were having dinner and discussing this, and we were discussing the differences that in this country, yes, it's bad that things like this do happen, but we're very free to talk about it, and everyone knows about it, whereas in Certain parts of China, for example, if something like this happened, it's the government may regulate what kind of information goes out to the rest of the country and and the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So in in the fact that we do have violence in this country, quite a bit of it, uh, but yet we still uh, don't shut it down mm -hmm. and we talk about it and the world knows and and the world gets to share. And I think. As part of the healing, I think that the families know that they're not alone here and that the, really the world is uh, trying to get together and send them their own energies of light and healing and joy and blessings of peace. And I think that's the thing that I would like to just say that I hope somewhere within this uh, season that the families and relatives and friends are able to, at some point, grasp some joy and some peace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very much so. It's uh, I can't imagine what they're going through right now, but you're absolutely right, Glenn. You know, the, the support of the world is all together now. And, you know, there's always violence and things happening every day all over the world. Um, but this is uh, quite, a, quite a large extent you know, very tragic. And 
Yeah, so the, lovely that uh, this is a lovely tribute to to all that has um, has had a part in that situation over there. Yeah, when uh, when I worked in the emergency department, I always worked over Christmas Eve and Christmas and Thanksgiving. I saw a lot of things then. There was a lot of humanity that happened then, and it always affected me and the people that were uh, working together the the night shifts of these holidays. There seemed to be a lot of things going on, and a lot of them were bad things uh, that people did to each other for various reasons. So, And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight or today. So uh, let me start out by asking you a question. What do you think is the most dangerous holiday to travel on? And uh, Hmm. this is based on the National Highway Traffic uh, Administration. They have six holidays, the six most dangerous holidays. Six most dangerous? Oh, my six, God. The six most dangerous You mean we have holidays. more than six holidays in a year? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, yeah. Um, I, I want to say New Year's. New Year's I is the... I New Year's, like New Year's Eve. Where, where do you think Christmas is? I just want to say New Year's, Thanksgiving, then Christmas. Actually, it's interesting. The uh, the most dangerous holiday to travel on appears to be, according to this study, which I think was back in 2009, that mm-hmm. may obviously have changed. Studies take a little time to come out. Memorial Day <gasps> is number one. Really? Memorial Day weekend? Yeah. And, and is that New- because it's right before Thanksgiving? This isn't it? And you know, they're, the sociologists just have field days with all of these kind of things. Yeah. Uh, New Year's is second. Thanksgiving is third. Fourth of July is fourth. Mm. Labor Day is fifth. And Christmas is sixth. Labor Day. Labor Day. Why Labor Day? Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Memorial Day and Labor Day, I, I don't. I get those too. (laughs) Well, various reasons. I guess it's part of what people do traditionally and how they go about doing it. Mm. So in the uh, study, uh, it it said that in 2009, there were 262 auto accident fatalities over Christmas holiday, Mm. including Christmas Eve. And the interesting part is that approximately 37% of them uh, alcohol was related to that. So that's one of the things that we can talk about a little bit today in terms of uh, when you're out there driving. Uh, first of all, there's a lot more people out there. Second of all, people are celebrating. Uh, third, So there's a lot of alcohol and maybe other drugs involved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that people don't necessarily have their mind on driving necessarily as much and that's that's probably one of the big factors here people are either trying to run to a store to get the last of the one thing that their kid wants and they know they may be out or people are trying to get to somewhere on time and they're late 
looking for a parking space to try and get in that department store. So many different things that the focus is not on what it should be on. And therefore, there's a lot of uh, fatalities. And, and I think by bringing this up and making people aware of it, uh, hopefully that will get people to think a little bit more about rushing or doing things a little uh, more uh, organized and focused when you're driving and not be under the influence as much, uh, being tired after a big dinner and taking off to go home, long drive. And plus, it's it's usually uh, it's winter. Mm -hmm. So aside from where we are, uh, there are other people that uh, just there are road hazards, right. snow, snowstorms and icy roads and black ice, rainstorms, winds. A lot of things can cause problems. So I think from uh, MMT, the Magical Medical Tour, we want to just tell people, think about that. Uh, we don't want you to be a statistic. We want mm -hmm. you to have a happy holiday. <laughs> the uh, the other thing that's interesting about uh, the holiday season is that uh, the holidays and Christmas, Thanksgiving, things like that are some of the most dangerous. It's some of the most dangerous times of the year, and we talked about the uh, concept of just the uh, you know, the cold and road hazards, but there's, there's many factors that are involved in, in trying to figure out what's going on, why it's such a dangerous holiday, uh, in terms of illness and death. Of course, we know that during the winter, there's the flu season mm -hmm. and for the elderly, they get a flu that's not good for them and certain types of strains of flus uh, are not good for anyone. And of course, pneumonias uh, happen, seem to happen more during the winter. The nights are and days darker, shorter, lots of things going mm -hmm. on there that uh, make people a little more depressed. So all of these things are a factor. And, and they've also found that, and this is the part that I was going to bring up earlier, is that cold itself uh, it's not good. It uh, it seems to, and I'm talking about real cold. I'm not talking about, uh, although for me, when it drops below 80, <laughs> I, I, I'm starting to layer. <laughs> but uh, for the rest of humanity, maybe it has to get a little lower. <laughs> I think so. Because <laughs> we're like, we're like hitting uh, uh, the mid 40s, high 40s right now. So yeah, that's um, must be pretty cool for you, Doctor Woolman. <laughs> I am I am layered. I'm wearing thermal things under my other thermal things, and uh, <laughs> and I'm still cold. Uh, yes, I, I like the heat, but they've they've actually shown that cold itself has some deleterious effects on on the body. Mm. Just um, you know, closing down uh, blood vessels, things like that what we call vaso or vessel constriction. Uh, sometimes arrhythmias can happen if it gets really cold, especially if you're blasted quickly. You go in from a, sitting around a fireplace to outside where it's a minus 30 degree wind <laughs> chill factor. Um, it can affect the skin and blood vessels and the organs. 
And also, when you take in a deep breath, for example, you know, of that really cold, icy air going into your lungs, it can actually constrict the airways a little bit. So these are uh, things that people need to be aware of. And so one of the things that I would say to people, obviously, in terms of mentioning the hazards, we also want to come up with some solutions for people. So uh, one of them, of course, is to dress really appropriately and maybe even overdress a little. It's easier to take things mm -hmm. off um, rather than getting cold and having to work from back there. <clears throat> and the other thing is to maybe put on some kind of a scarf or, or one of these hats that cover your face and nose so that at least you're warming up the air a little bit so that ice cold air is not getting directly into your lungs. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good thing to think about. Um, another thing for people is um, doing activities. You know, younger people are okay with that, but you get older people that may have a heart condition that suddenly feel like it's very important that I need to go out and shovel snow. <laughs> no. And in fact, that many people show up in emergency departments uh, dead on arrival, and the history was they were shoveling snow. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, uh, well, you know, you get this idea that You've been doing it all your life since you were 20. So the fact that you're 85 now or 75 and now you're on multiple medications for blood pressure and heart and heart rhythms and and it's cold out there, as I said. So the vessels are constricted. You're not getting enough oxygen to your heart and other organs and your brain. So you're not thinking this clearly and you're exerting yourself trying to get that snow out of the way. So. Uh, I think that it's very important to be aware of your uh, health in, in the moment and be aware of your strength. Uh, we can talk about a few more of these kind of things uh, that you should be doing. You should uh, <clears throat> always take care of yourself, not just during the winter, but as the winter comes on, you shouldn't let go of many of the things that you do during the year. And again, this is something that you and I speak about a lot. Mm. My categories of optimal health, uh, where it's exercise and nutrition and sleep and stress management and uh, patterns of behavior and spirituality, all of these things, you should keep them in place. You shouldn't just say, well, it's the holidays, so I'm not going to go to the gym or I'm not going to work out today for this reason or for that reason, or it's the holidays, so I'm not going to eat my normal meals. I'm going to indulge and uh, eat everything that's out there. You know, <laughs> it's hard not to. You know, but, you but don't you find also when the body's cold and the weather's cold that people tend to eat more? Uh, yes. And now is that because the metabolism is working faster to try to produce more energy in the body to keep warm? Yeah, it's part of it. It definitely is. Mm -hmm. They need more energy. And it's, uh, we're going to talk about that energy in a little while also. But uh, it's the things that I say, you know, keep taking your medications is another important thing that sometimes people forget. Uh, 
sometimes there are side effects from the medications that they have or they're traveling and they forgot their medications or they uh, are traveling and they didn't take enough medication. So it's very important to be aware when you're traveling or just be aware, even if you're staying home, to be taking your medications and make sure that um, if you travel uh, and you're going to uh, see relatives or something, that you have some kind of an idea of what your health status is at the time and maybe even figure out some ways that if something does happen to you, you run out of medications wherever you are, how would you get medications again? Or uh, is there a doctor that you could see in another area? I remember when we had uh, Mary Louise Scully on talking about travel medicine. Mm -hmm. He gave us some information if you travel to other parts of the world, how to uh, make sure that you're Health is uh, organized, but uh, should always just be aware of that. Uh, I I would say I would like to mention flu shots and things like that. Uh, I have mixed emotions about flu shots. I must admit uh, that I've never had one. <laughs> Nor I. <laughs> but I do, uh, in certain cases, suggest that people think about the flu shot, depending on your health and your susceptibility and your immune system and other things that are going on. I think it's a good conversation for each person to have with their doctor as to whether or not to get the flu shot. Uh, but I, I think it's important as a physician to at least bring it up because there are many people that uh, really get those flu shots um, religiously. Mm-hmm. And, and it's good for them. They don't have any bad reactions to them, uh, and they don't get the flu. Some people do get slight reactions, and there are different kinds of flus, so you can still get something. But at least I think it's important to have the discussion with your doctor. And that also includes the shot for pneumonia, depending on what age you are. Uh, getting a pneumonia uh, during the winter uh, when you're not in normally good health, uh, can be a prescription for disaster. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I have a question about those flu shots. It's, um, you know, it, it's sort of, does it help to build the immune system against the flu? Is that its purpose? It's exactly its purpose. What they do, um, is the immune system is always working in a normal person. And it's always looking for things that are body or self and not body and not self. Mm. And when it's going around the body looking at things and inspecting, when it sees self, it just passes by and says, good job, keep working. Uh, when it sees something that's not body or not self, it it immediately starts a reaction. And one of the things it might do is to close it off. If it's a splinter, something like that. But if it's some, if it's a bug, a virus, uh, in that category, one of the predators that we speak about, uh, it recognizes it and it starts up these processes that help the body create antibodies to the 
virus itself based on certain proteins that are in the virus. It recognizes them and then it develops antibodies. If we don't have the antibodies, then we usually are susceptible to the virus and uh, we get the uh, results of what happens when the virus attacks our body. Mm. What they do with the flu shot is they try and recognize what type of virus it is, what strains of virus it is, and they produce uh, a formula that essentially it's either a live vaccine, which means that it's live viruses that have certain things taken out of them that don't make them uh, uh, as dangerous, but it's still the virus. So when the body sees that, it recognizes this weakened virus, but it still is able to create antibodies to that virus. And so if the flu does come, if they're out in a shopping or if relatives come over and somebody coughs in their face and they have that virus and you've had your flu shot, you will have the antibodies and therefore the virus won't be able to take hold and uh, set up camp and make you sick. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's, it's not a live vaccine. Sometimes they can give actually, if they have the antibodies, they can give the antibodies. Uh, so you don't have to go through that whole process. So there are different, uh, depending on the year, the season, the flu, uh, where you are in, uh, the country or the world, what's available to you. Uh, they have. Uh, different ways of giving the flu shots. But a lot of the country we see now, you can get the flu shot in pharmacies and you can get the mm -hmm. flu shot at, uh, in stores and uh, food stores. Everybody's trying to do good things to protect our society. Uh, but main protection always is, of course, to be in the best health you can and try and avoid things. I think we've spoken about that in some of our other uh, shows. <clears throat> another thing to talk, did you, I'm uh, sorry, did you have another question? No, about? no, no. You answered that one perfectly. Thank you. Okay. Uh, yeah, there are some side effects from the flu shots. Uh, sometimes people get a little redness, local irritation and redness. And sometimes you might get, uh, some mild flu symptoms for a few days. So it's very important to be careful and watch yourself. So when you do get that flu shot, again, honor the fact that it's something coming into your system that has to do its job and allow it to do its job by not overexerting and not putting yourself into too many stressful conditions at the time of getting the shot. Give yourself a few days. You never know. There are lists of side effects. You know, I, I always laugh when we see these commercials on television for a new drug that's coming out to do some great thing. <clears throat> and they spend most of the two or two and a half minutes of the commercial telling you the wonderful things about it. And then in the last 15 seconds, they have someone who's a speed speaker who could say, if you have, and they name 45 side effects, you should talk to your doctor. So there are side effects. And it's important to be aware of that. And so the better health you were in and the more you honor the fact that you got a shot and you should take it easy for a few days, uh, that will help. 
Another thing that I think is really important is we get uh, around families uh, and people that have things wrong. This is sociologists talk about this a lot, but somebody that's sick or very frail is trying very hard to live through one more of these holidays to be there for that next Christmas or for New Year's. So a lot of people are fighting to try and uh, stay alive for the holidays. And sometimes when they're in bad situations around other people and things are happening, uh, they, they don't want to annoy anyone or mess any party up or we're at a big dinner and everybody's here and okay, so I'm having chest pain. It'll go away. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to ignore it because I don't want to upset everybody. Not realizing that it would be a lot more upsetting uh, to have somebody pass away at dinner rather than say, I have chest pain. Let's go to the emergency mm -hmm. department. Many people go into states of denial. It's not hurting me. Uh, it's nothing. It's probably from the cold, uh, whatever. So another thing that I would say to people is put your egos aside. And if you're having some kinds of symptoms and you should learn symptoms of heart attacks or strokes, et cetera. And I think if you watch some of our shows, probably we've spoken about that in many different shows, signs of a heart attack, signs of a stroke and what to do and to not ignore that and to tell the relatives mm -hmm. about that. These are other important little facts. But don't you think, Glenn, if I may, it's not even our elderly, but anyone, <laughs> you know, because we are, some of us are under so much stress, you know, with, with the, the shifts, you know, with, as you say, trying to get ready for the Christmas season and the New Year's and the parties and the diets changed, you know, the consumption of alcohol, usually people who don't usually have a glass of wine, they do during Christmas or a few sips. I mean, that can really throw off the balance of, of our health. Um, and, I mean, wouldn't you think anyone who is having sort of any kind of uh, feeling of discomfort speak up? <laughs> yeah, yes, I really do. Uh, I think it's a very important thing, and I'm glad you brought it up that way. I focus a lot more on the elderly, but it is anybody. Mm -hmm. including little kids. And we're going to speak about kids and we're going to speak about other things besides little kids and adults uh, as we move on into the show a little bit. But stress is another uh, really, really big factor. And this is one of the things that probably uh, was the biggest thing that was related to what I alluded to earlier about uh, the bad things that I saw in the emergency department on Christmas Eve, you know, you get the father who's out of a job uh, and doesn't have much money, but the kids are watching television or seeing ads for all of these uh, new toys and games and uh, uh, tech uh, technology apparati that are coming out for Christmas and, and they don't have the money to afford it. And, uh, other family members are seeing other families that are getting things. So there's a lot of stress that come to people on every level during this time. 
and they don't deal with it well. And this is where we see the the beatings and the stabbings and shootings uh, many times where people just get to the brink when it's supposed to be happy. There's so much um, publicity toward the the commercial aspects of these holidays rather than the spiritual aspects of the holidays holidays that people just get really essentially stressed out and then if you if you add to the fact of uh aside from the gifts and the seeing relatives that you may not want to see or trying to do this and trying to do that uh you also now you've listened to this show and you know that more people have heart attacks around christmas so uh, then you start worrying about worrying about a heart attack. <laughs> so the, the stress, the stress just continues. Yes, going yes. on. And I will. I also want to uh, mention a few other things about uh, some of the hazards that happen in a house during Christmas. Most people that have kids have uh, childproof their houses you know, around electrical sockets and making sure uh, things are higher up than kids can reach, depending on their levels of uh, ambulation, number of other things like that. Uh, but if you're traveling to someone else's house, they may not have the same uh, childproofing system that you have. So it's very important to just be aware of that if you're bringing your child to someone else's house, because I remember uh, one time we had a little child come in that uh, was crawling around uh, someone else's house and they bit into a an electrical plug and immediately burned their the, the lip. And right where that lip usually gets burned in a child is a very important blood vessel. Mm. If that blood vessel gets open, they they can bleed. Uh, profusely. Hmm. And so these are little things that you need to think about to make sure that when you're going to someone else's house, if they're not as conscientious as you about childproofing, maybe they don't have children, so they don't have to be. But just be aware of that. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. That's that's something you have heard. There's a main blood vessel and around the lip area. Yeah, there's a very big blood vessel and a lot of times when you get an electric shock, uh, it burns the skin right where the shock happens. And that burn can go deep and it can go right towards one of the blood vessels. And if it opens up that blood vessel, that's a, that's a critical emergency. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Ooh, well, but the thought of a child biting into any kind of a cord, this electrical cord, oh. Right. It's very, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? I don't have children. So what is it? Give me a word. Okay. God. <laughs> well, I, I think we relate to it as an adult, you know, getting even a, a slight shock, you know, how, how we, we just have those little slight shocks and, and they hurt. Right. And then to be so tiny, I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine that, that kind of a shock from electrical cord. Yeah. And, and we're, we're also talking about, you know, that's the local injury 
to a an electrical shock. Uh, there are other injuries that could happen when that current goes through your body. Certain types of current uh, can actually affect the rhythm of the heart and uh, blood vessels. number of things can happen. But uh, I just wanted to mention that little childproofing thing. Mm-hmm. The other thing we want to talk about a little bit here today <clears throat> are the decorations and what we do to make a house look like it's a holiday house and a Christmas holiday house. Oh, I was waiting for you to go into adult proofing. <laughs> uh, boy, I think that should be a whole show. That's adult. a whole show in itself. Right? I don't know. Let's come up with what can we do to proof against adults? <laughs> Lock the liquor cabinet. Yeah. Lock the liquor cabinet, yes. I don't know. There are so many possible things. and That could be endless, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should eliminate adults. Yeah. <laughs> that would be adult proofing. So we start doing decorating things. And I'm not even going to get into the toys, you know, and the dangers of the toys, because I know that the the toy market has really done a great job uh, in many areas with warnings about, you know, this could be hazardous. Don't give this gift to a, anyone under this age. Those are important things to know about. And the packaging and wrappings itself, you know, suddenly you have a plastic bag that's around somewhere and uh, a kid's playing with it and suddenly it's around their head. And uh, we all know what that can bring. Mm, mm -hmm. So there are a lot of things like that going on. Uh, but also we start decorating the house and you know, what are the things that we bring in? What are the things that we think about over Christmas for decorations? Do you have any plants in your house right now for Christmas? Plants, plants, not yet. It's coming. The big tree is coming. Or the, the little tree. tree. The little yeah. tree is coming. The tree is, the tree is an example of oh, things. And, and uh, that's, that's slightly hazardous. But also remembering now that some of the things I'm going to speak about, especially with the plants... Uh, also have to do with uh, dangers to pets. Mm. So we're not just worried about uh, adult proofing and child proofing, pet proofing. And the Christmas tree is one of those things. It's probably the centerpiece. It's not that it's not that toxic. Sometimes the tree itself, the sap can be mildly toxic. Mm -hmm. uh, the needles uh, of the the pine tree, they can if a dog or a cat eats them sometimes that sharp needle can perforate uh but part the of the snow the, the snow that they've been spraying on those trees now there's many things that they spray on trees yeah. even before you see the snow sprayed on trees uh a lot of times they'll spray fire retardants right yes on trees and so these can be toxic to uh especially little kids and some of the pets mm. But the Christmas tree is not that toxic uh, in terms of comparing to uh, some of the other things that's out there. Things like mistletoe. Mistletoe, the berries of the mistletoe uh, can be severely toxic. Mm. Uh, the Many of the lilies and the daffodils, uh, you know, the narcissus, all of these things. I am definitely not a botanist. But uh, many of them have toxins in them that can cause things if they 
get on your skin. They can cause skin irritation, um, local blistering. But a lot of times you might get something where a child or a pet takes something into their mouth. Uh, the berries, especially, you know, kids are used to eating things like that. And these can cause problems that range anywhere from mild indigestion or a little stomach ache to nausea and vomiting. But some of the some of the berries, like the holly and the mistletoe that we mm -hmm. talked about, can actually uh, cause some things like convulsions at times in certain people. Uh, and there are some of these plants that can actually, if ingested enough, can cause death. Mm. Much more so in pets, you know, cats, dogs, kittens, puppies, uh, even birds. So very important to be keeping an eye on uh, the birds and the pets as you're considering what you're going to put in uh, to your house to make it look beautiful. And allergies, and, allergies. I used to be so affected by the plants that came in. <laughs> yeah, allergies are very important. Uh, it, there's allergies to the, getting back to the Christmas tree. Mm -hmm. You know, many people have allergic reactions to the trees. And also nowadays you're seeing uh, many people that are uh, buying synthetic trees. Mm -hmm. They don't want... Uh, you know, they don't want all the needles around and all the other things and the watering and everything. So they get a synthetic tree that they could put up in the attic and then bring out every Christmas. And it's a beautiful tree. But some people actually have allergies to the the synthetic material. And you have to be aware of that. Usually starts out with itching, you know, maybe no eyes running, tearing, nose running a little bit. Uh and then it can go into a full-blown reaction where you're breaking out in hives. Mm -hmm. So need to be aware of that. But I do have some good news. <laughs> and, and I'm actually really happy to point out a little bit of good news. The, for many years, and I was one of the people that would warn people about the dangerous poinsettia, mm -hmm. beautiful red leaf tree that everybody is selling. You see them in every market. We always thought they were really toxic. Oh. And it turns out they're not that toxic. Uh, not that you want to have a salad <laughs> of, uh, with poinsettia leaves, but if you accidentally did eat one or chewed on one a little bit, it's, it's mildly toxic. Uh, whereas we used to think that it was heavily toxic. Mm. Uh, so I'm really happy to, to be able to announce to all the poinsettia level lovers that, uh, it's okay. This, this is the good news of that. And, uh, I, I'm not sure, you know, what other things we can talk about today. I wanted to just say that I think that in, ah, yeah, I did. I did want to talk about something else. Uh, one of the things, one of the myths of uh, Turkey. <laughs> are you going to have? Are you going to have a turkey dinner? Oh you... no, 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 not at all. Not at not... all. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. What do you have for Christmas? What's that? Uh, usually, usually something that is uh, more in the vein of being Portuguese. Huh. 
Yeah. So, so that would be. Or, or you know, more. Yeah, I'd say more Portuguese, like Mediterranean, like Bael or some mm. wonderful stewy thing, a gumbo. I usually like to have gumbo during this kind of year. Mm, nice hot soup. Yes, yes. Something like that. Yeah, I like that too. Or even the hot pots, you know, the Japanese, you know, shabu shabu hot pots, uh-huh. the Mongolian hot pots, which is so clean. You know, every, like even it. with the meats, it's all so clean because you're just cooking whatever you choose to eat. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk because I know that a lot of people do have turkey. Mm. They all think they all have heard about the amino acid L-tryptophan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have you ever heard of that? Yes. And what's what do you think when you hear about? L-tryptophan and turkey. Well, everyone. Well, the, the I th- well for me, it's always been a bit of a myth because I don't. Everyone says you get tired and you fall asleep and it makes you lethargic. Exactly, and in, and in actual reality, uh, some of this is true because L-tryptophan, which is found in turkey, it's an essential amino acid, and it's it's used. This chemical is used to produce a number of other chemicals. It produces the niacin, the B vitamin. Hmm. It produces serotonin, which is a uh, a mood calmer. Right? It's a neurotransmitter in the brain, uh, and it calms you and sometimes makes you feel good. Uh, it also produces melatonin, and melatonin is the sleep-inducing chemical that our body produces to make us get sleepy. So it is absolutely true that tryptophan can produce sleepiness. However, in order to really get that sleepiness, you need to have the tryptophan basically on an empty stomach, and you can't eat other protein with it. So hmm. it's, it is kind of a myth in the sense that it's the tryptophan that causes the sleepiness <laughs> after the dinner. It can cause it, but usually when you're eating all of the other things that you're eating, it prevents the tryptophan from working as effectively and causing uh, sleep. Interesting. Because I I always tease people and I go, I don't get tired after this. I go, you're all just eating too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exactly it. That's that's exactly one of the things that happens. And in fact, there are uh, many other uh, foods that have tryptophan in them. Chicken mm. has tryptophan in it. Pork has tryptophan. Uh, cheese has tryptophan in it. So, uh, it, what about dairy? Like cheese is dairy. So cheese is dairy. Is that why before I know when people had a rough time um, sleeping, they'd say have a warm glass of milk before you go to bed. Warm glass of milk. Well, it was they believed it was the tryptophan and a few other things that. Uh, cause that there are a few other things going on the warmth calms you down a little bit right. well i but, used to make a mix an egg yolk with mm. uh an egg yolk with a shot of brandy in it for my mother every night <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that egg yolk really is good for you yeah. <laughs> well as it turns out though the it's as you said it's a lot of the other things that are happening that also make you tired uh, you're eating a, ma- a meal that doesn't just consist of the protein. You have a lot of carbohydrates in your meal. 
And these carbohydrates uh, have uh, a lot of tryptophan sometimes, and they also stimulate insulin. So when insulin is stimulated in the body, it, it uh, drops down the glucose and, and certain amino acids uh, that are in the bloodstream move out to go into muscles. We talked about this with the fight or flight uh, system, I think, in our last episode on stress. So when other things go out of the bloodstream, it leaves the tryptophan to appear more concentrated in the bloodstream. And when, it, when it's more concentrated, it has the opportunity to go up into the brain and produce that serotonin that we spoke about. So now you're eating a big meal and you have a lot more of the serotonin going on. Mm. At the same time, then you're also eating uh, many other things. There's fats that you're eating. And, and when you eat fats in a meal, it takes a lot more energy to uh, digest those fats. And when it slows, it slows the digestion down, and with all of that energy going to digesting the, um, the fats, less energy to the brain, less energy to other parts of the body. Same thing when you're eating a giant meal. Mm -hmm. You have a... You have many things in your intestinal tract at that time. Well, the body needs to uh, work on that. And consequently, a lot of blood is flowing toward the uh, upper portion of the small intestine to digest that food. And blood, we only have a certain amount of blood in our body. And so if that blood is being diverted to the digestive tract, it's being diverted away from the muscles. So you get a little less energetic about, oh, I want to do this. You want to rest a little bit. And it's a little less is going to the brain. So you're not thinking as clearly. Mm -hmm. And it just uh, creates this sense of not as much energy. And then what do we add? Just like what you add to your, uh, was it your mother or your grandmother? My, my mother. <laughs> and I have to say, I, I would drink with her. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay so you can go to sleep also but then uh, so you add this giant meal and then you add all of the fats and the tryptophan and the serotonin and the melatonin and the carbohydrates the alcohol. and alcohol to that <laughs> and alcohol itself as we know is a depressant to the nervous system although we all feel it's <laughs> it's exciting to the nervous system it actually turns out to be a depressant to the nervous system. So mm. that translates again into somebody being uh, less uh, energetic. And we talked about the overeating, et cetera, et cetera. And, and finally, in a way, you, you've been preparing for this holiday for, you know, I guess now people are starting to prepare for holidays and for Christmas in, uh, right after Halloween. So oh, you, yes. <laughs> you know, all the shops are having Green Thursday, Black Friday, Blue Monday, <laughs> Chartreuse Wednesday, <sighs> Taupe. I don't know. I'm getting carried away here. <laughs> You've, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to stop me when I get a little. Oh carried. no, no, no! It's it's actually fun the way you see the wonderful holidays and the shopping days. <laughs> We all have such a different perspective. <laughs> right. 
so you've been preparing for this for months and and you're also stressed out about seeing certain relatives that you haven't seen for a while that you don't want to talk to or some that you're very excited about seeing and so you're sitting down at the meal finally and you're eating all of these things and drinking and it's that moment after the meal that you could finally say wow that was the holiday now just start to relax for no other reason just uh, let the stress go so this combination of a little bit of the tryptophan and the turkey the eating the fats the blood going to different parts of the body the serotonin uh, the melatonin the alcohol the stress reduction that finally you just you just want to sit and that's where that's where a lot of the tiredness comes from and the myth about the tryptophan so I wanted to uh, dispel at least two myths today in our hazards of holidays about the poinsettias and the tryptophan. But I would like to kind of uh, just summarize a few things <clears throat> that I think are important for people, that holidays are meant to be happy and joyful. So the more things that one can do to keep it in that context and not allow for stress. Have your ways of dealing with stress, the metaphor square breath or other <clears throat> meditations that you do, or just relaxing and putting things into perspective. Um, that's important to try and reduce as much of the stress that the holidays bring on themselves. Take your medications. If you're traveling somewhere and you think you're only going to be gone for three or four days, Take extra medications because remember we said this is winter. So the last thing in the world you want to do is be stuck in a place that you can't get home to your medicine cabinet, but you only brought three days worth of medicine. So bring some extra medication. That's, uh, I think if I can say nothing else to certain people, that's, that's important. Try and stay healthy. We spoke about that. Continue doing your exercises, nutrition, and meditations and get your sleep, etc. Don't overexert during the holidays. It's just not worth it. Uh, even if you're trying to do things that are good, like getting the snow out of the driveway because everyone's one wants to go to see uh, the nutcracker or <laughs> or even making it to a dinner or an or event. Even making it to an event or having people or don't overexert. Always pay attention to your health and and recognize your health resources. Remember, uh, physicians uh, celebrate Christmas, too. Mm. Nurses celebrate Christmas. So there are many people that are off that your doctor may not be the doctor that's around when you need them the most because they're celebrating with their family. So. Make sure you're aware of your own health and also the resources of where you are. Uh, hospitals uh, stay open 24 hours a day. Emergency departments stay open, so they're always there. But sometimes it's overcrowded. And uh, like we said right at the very beginning, uh, there are people that get sicker at this time of the year. So there's a lot of overcrowding. And sometimes there's understaffing, although uh, I know that whenever I work the holiday shifts, the hospitals and the emergency departments, we were very conscious of what holidays meant. So we actually 
boosted our staffing, you know, and people were very gracious and and great about volunteering to work on these holidays because they knew people were going to be sick. They knew there were going to be injuries. They knew there were going to be tragedies and calamities. And so everyone beefed up and buffed up and uh, we actually had pretty good staffing. But sometimes in certain facilities, uh, there may be minimal staffing. So you've got to be just aware of that. And uh, just be careful out there. You know, this is a time where you're supposed to celebrate. So celebrate appropriately and enjoy the celebration. Mm-hmm. Have to worry about the concepts of uh, uh, an unplanned accident. I guess that's redundant. Any any thoughts you have here? Yeah, and I I do believe even. Um there's one thing that I always say, especially at this time of the year, which is, is gratitude. You know, I, I do believe we, we get so caught in the whirlwind of, of trying to get things done and we get caught into the stresses, but we, we forget about the gratitude, the simple gratitudes. It's like, like this morning on our morning mile walk, we, we heard a car slam into another one. <laughs> and the first thing is like, oh my, you know, holiday hazard, right? And it, it's, it's a week away. And, and it made me think, wow, you know, we're just so fortunate, you know, that it's not happened to us. And it, if it did happen to those people... Um, and if we were one, it would be the gratitude that, you know, we're all in one piece or, or, you know, it's not as severe as it could have been, you know, things like that. I think we miss a lot of that. We, we only focus, tend to focus on things that really do cause the stress. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I would add another part to the gratitude. Uh, I would say to compassion for others because there are people that are having accidents and there are people that are going through the tragedies that we're seeing in the news right now mm-hmm. and tragedies all over the world. Uh, so to realize while sometimes we're sitting at this great dinner with the people that we love, uh, great presence around us, lots of gifts that we love and can't wait to play with and things that are happening, all very beautiful and joyful there are people out there that just got into an accident five minutes ago and everything is changed for them. There are people right now that are at uh, a grave site burying a five or a six year old. Uh, there are people that are in war zones and many things are happening. So I think that having the gratitude that we have what we do, but also the compassion for those that don't at this point mm-hmm. and maybe hopefully uh, over time and uh, with enough gratitude and compassion from everyone, there will be uh, peace on earth mm-hmm. and joy for all. Mm-hmm. Uh, be That would be my health. Yep. Yeah, there you go. I, I'm, I concur. <laughs> uh, we should uh, mention that we are putting together our health tips of 2012. Yes, we are. All of the people that have been on our show for this year, 40 shows. Yes. Yeah. Not this bad. Is the 40th. Not too bad. We started this year and we've continued. So 40 shows on Magical Medical Tour. Not too bad. Not too bad. It's excellent. And, 
And each uh, person that we've had on has given a health tip. And uh, our wizard is beautifully putting together something uh, to uh, offer as a gift to everyone just the 2012 health tips. Mm -hmm. So that should be fun. Yes. So just to um, also remind everyone that, of course, the next Tuesday is going to be Christmas Day. So we will not be having a a show on that day as we're all celebrating with our loved ones and family. So, but do definitely, and of course the following week then is uh new year's day, both falling on Tuesdays, of course. So hopefully on the Tuesday, uh, January 1st, that we will be releasing the health tips and uh, keep to keep you posted, you know, just check in on the site and we will see you in the new year. I would like to say though, that, this is all uh, based on uh, the possibility that the Mayans were incorrect. <laughs> and if they were, we, we would, we'll see you in the new year. Or in the new world. In the new world. There you go. In the new year, in the new world. Yeah, I think we've, I think I heard something that they actually found the, uh, a sequel to the calendar that continued it on. So, uh, this all may be a moot point anyway, there but you it, go. <laughs> it's fun to think about. So I would love to take this opportunity for myself to thank you, Christina and, uh, Segovia. I know he may edit that part out, but for all of the great work that you have done throughout this year to bring, uh, education, wisdom, and health on so many levels to so many people and knowing that it's not just in this time, but all of the work that you're doing uh, can go on virtually for uh, a very long time. So I would like to have gratitude myself for you and Yoga Hub and everyone involved in that. Mm. So thank you. And I wish you and uh, all of our uh, wonderful guests optimal health as we uh, take a little time off and start afresh next year in 2013 as we explore more of the quadrants of the healthcare galaxy. <laughs> Any blessings, everyone. Peace and joy. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Glenn Woolman. Of course, none of this would be possible without you and your hard work and dedication to bringing this invaluable information to help everyone find their optimal health. And of course, we would like to thank you, each and every one of you, our listeners and our viewers, uh, for supporting this new platform of education information. And I say new because it is still quite new to a lot of people out there. They've never heard of IPTV. Um, and we're so grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing from you on how we can support you better in this coming new year of 2013. Um, and as you all know by now, uh, we are also uh, available on iTunes, two of our shows, Magical Medical Tour, as well as Flowing Into Awareness. Um, those two shows are up and available through iTunes. Uh, if you log into iTunes, um, all you have to do is log into YHTV, YHTV, or Magical Medical Tour, or flowing into awareness, depending on which show that you would like to listen to and download. Again, we will uh, continue into the new year 
the next two weeks, uh, we will be postponing our shows or not having a show as we rest through this time and celebrate as all of you um, will be doing. But in January, please join us live every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 1.30 Eastern Time for Magical Medical Tour, and Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m., 2 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by our new show, Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. We're also hoping in January that we will be launching several other shows as well, either in January or the beginning of the Lunar New Year. So please look forward, um, look for that as we keep moving forward. I'd like to remind you that you can contact and find Dr. Glenn Woolman at myyogahub.com forward slash G Woolman and on Twitter at Glenn Woolman. And of course, his own site, glennwoolman.com, where you can learn about his metaphor square breath. And I definitely, definitely encourage you to do so, especially during this time when there is so much happening for all of us. Thank you so much for joining us. And until we meet again in 2013, namaste. Many blessings. 